Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. I am so honored to have the great Jeffrey Gittimer on the Connection Loop podcast. I think you're honored. How I think how I feel. <laughs> this man needs absolutely no introduction. Um, if you're in sales, if you're in marketing, if you're in business, if you have a heartbeat. Yeah. So Jeffrey has written so many books. Is it 17, 18, 19? 17. How many? 17. And how many of those have been best-selling books? Is it five? Is it six now? Well, on the New York Times bestseller list, five. On the Wall Street Journal bestseller list, 12 or 13. There it is. So, um, But the Little Red Book was on the Wall Street Journal bestseller list 103 straight weeks, which is like an unheard of record. And in fact, one at one point you were competing with was it a, a former president? Who are you competing? Yeah, I had, listen, I, I beat Harry Potter. <laughs> I beat John Kerry. It's, these days it's not that hard to beat. Um, Presidential but, candidate. Yeah. He was number one. I bumped him. Nice. Overall, I, that's not like number one in your category of, you know, the Indiana home for the criminally insane glee club books. <laughs> this is like number one overall. It's like selling 5,000 books in a day. I've read the book and I've listened to the book, the little red book of selling. And I, my story for you is that I actually listened to a lot of that book while in the shower. Now, let me explain. So AirPods, Audible, AirPods are mostly waterproof, I think. So far, they've served me pretty well. And what I did is I got into my morning rituals where I would read books. I would listen to books every single morning, which I still kind of do. And in fact, I have very fond memories of hearing your voice being fully naked in my shower, Jeffrey Gittimer. So thank you for that experience. It's a pleasure. (laughs) Hey, man, whatever floats your boat. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But I have a couple of your books, you know, right here, right next to me that I that I keep in my office. Um, Get Shit Done is a a great one. You know, go live. I mean, here we are in a live environment right now. I mean, you wrote a book about this. Um, and then one of your one of your fathers, of, of course, is the great Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. There's so many things that I want to unpack in this conversation. Okay, um, I want to talk about the future of selling. I want to talk about video. I want to talk about how to create connections with people, how to elicit real emotional, real emotional connections built on trust, built on long-term relationships. Um, and I'd love to have the Jeffrey Ginnemer spin on all of this. Um, because people need to learn. And, you know, the last thing that I that comes to my mind right now is this idea of fear. A lot of people are, are struggling. They're actually afraid to click record. Yeah. I wrote a book on this called Click Record. <laughs> and um, the whole text is about my journeys with, with in the podcast, talking to people and understanding how they overcame their fears. So I don't know where to start. Just open the mic up to you. Um, let's just let's start with something that happened two days ago. Okay. I don't look at my phone when I'm walking down the street, as opposed to 97% of all other people. And I see a guy coming toward me, a young kid, and I point at him and I go, you're from Charlotte, right? He goes, yeah, how do you know? I said, no socks. (laughs) 
you know, Southerners typically don't wear socks with their loafers. Right. And this guy was like blown away that I, first of all, that I would have approached him because total stranger, but that's how you begin to make a connection. You just talk. Mm. Your mother said, don't talk to strangers. That was a different era. Yeah. Now you have no choice but to talk to strangers. Okay, so that's number one. As I'm walking another block, there's this restaurant called Leroy Fox. I'm I'm walking toward the Allbirds store, the shoe store. Yeah. As I'm turning a pair of shoes. Okay. And I see a guy who I know. And he comes over. Now we've been this guy and I have been friends for 20, minimum 20 years, probably closer to 25 years. And he's got another buddy with him, a business guy, an IT guy. And we start to talk on the patio. They left their food on the table. They come over to talk to me at the open area. And I invite him over to breakfast. That was my breakfast was this morning. I made him pancakes, you know, pancakes with Jeffrey. It's like a thing. And they'll probably spend 20 grand as a result of seeing them having something that they would need, inviting them to a breakfast and close them. I will actually close them next week. I didn't close them today because I didn't want to be pushy about it. Mm. But I know they need it and I know I can help them. You take need and help and then you win. Let's combine that with one other thing. Friendship. I don't have a relationship with the guy, with this guy. I have a friendship with this guy. Big difference. Big, big difference. Because with friendships, there's no barriers. With relationships, it's like, well, I'm kind of friendly, but it's a bidding relationship sometimes. How much is it? I think I can get this from Bob for a little cheaper. Maybe next time. There's this idea of being creative in the moment. Yeah. Okay. And well, uh, I know, Ruben, having the guts to begin the conversation. Okay. So there's bravery. Right. And there's creativity. And there, there's confidence that goes with the bravery. If you don't have the confidence, you're not going to do it. Yeah. I mean, I see a stranger walking down the street with no socks on, and I take a chance. He's from Charlotte. Come on. Come on. Right. Four days ago, I'm in the elevator at Publix, the grocery store. There's a couple. We get in the elevator. The door hasn't even closed yet. And the guy flips off his wife. Literally flips, his off, flips her off. And I look at the guy and I go, Philly? <laughs> and he starts to howl. He goes, how did you know? I said, because I'm from there too. And by the end of the elevator ride, which was like under a minute, we were buddies. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I think that it's an art. It's a craft. It does require practice. It does require experience. Yeah. Be brave and creative at the same time. Mm -hmm. But it's also find those moments. You have strange. to know what to say. You have to know when to yeah. say it. You know, you have to have the experience. But if you don't fail at it a few times, you're never going to win. Yeah. There's something about um, the delivery, the combination of being funny and vulnerable. Yeah. There's no humility per se, but there's definitely a mutual respect that I show. Now, here's the problem. The reality is that in that moment, which is everything, you are able to receive information. Yes. You're looking at responses. You're looking at body language. You're hearing things. You're feeling things. If you look at Napoleon Hill, he'll say the power of observation. Now, here's the problem. <laughs> okay. The problem is that when you record a video, 
you can't you don't get that information in real time no you don't but the video will lead to a real conversation if you okay. go the video is the bridge the emotional bridge and if you have something that clicks with the other guy you're you're going to win a meeting yeah you're going to win a meeting and that, that's when you can show your creativity and your research and all the things that you have that you feel like you'll have in common. But people try to establish rapport. I learned from Wyatt Woodsmall, beyond rapport are shared values. And if you have shared values, it goes way, way deeper. Mm. Way, way deeper. One of the values that I have is uh, personalizing messaging, being really customized when I communicate with people, understanding what they're dealing with and addressing them in a certain way. You know, there's this old thing. Had that, another word that was more powerful, authentic messaging. Yes. And I want to share a story of something that I thought was authentic, but it actually did not feel authentic at all. So one of the things that, you know, salespeople, marketing people talk about is, hey, when we're going to personalize our messaging, how can we do that? And someone in the room always says, well, hey, why don't we just go to their LinkedIn profile, see where they went to college, and then address their college. Like, go, I went to USC. Hey, Ruben, go Trojans. Or, hey, Ruben, fight on. Or, hey, Ruben, hope, hope you had a chance to do the, the, the walk thing you know, while you were there. That's personalization with air quotes on it. And everyone always says that. I've always heard that in every meeting. Let's look at where they went to school and, and bring something up, right? And I've nodded my head because I'm like, that makes sense. At least the person's doing research. Um, yeah. But I recently got an email <laughs> where someone said, hey, Ruben, I noticed you went to USC, go Trojans, fight on. I hope you had a chance to do this ritual. And I looked at it and I was like, delete. Yeah. And I felt bad well, because, you know, Ruben. Trojans are supposed to unite. He did not go to USC. Um, right, exactly. So <laughs> let, let me, let's break it into three categories. Personalization, which means I've done a little research things in common, mm. which I want you at USC, I went to USC, but 20 years apart. Right. And then shared values. Yeah. We both played on the soccer team. We both had the same coach or the both, we both had the same professor that we loved. So those, the three levels of interaction come into play. Mm -hmm. um, one is just personalized, which is nothing. Um, in common, which is the next level and then shared values, which is the highest level. So are people, are people lazy when it comes to going to the deepest level of this research, understanding, connection? Do people not understand that if you spend five minutes of doing your homework, that you're gonna 5X your conversion rates, give or take? Well, I don't say it's lazy. What I'm gonna say is, they're afraid to go too far. Okay. They don't want to tread on an area that might be personalized. Yeah. You know, how's COVID treating you? Well, my father died. That's not the question you want to ask. Right. Your, your, your dog was so cute in your Facebook photo. Yeah. Oh, right. The dog passed away. Yeah. And until you know, don't try to guess because it's usually a bad guess. So Socrates' famous quote was, um, all that I know is that I know nothing. And I think that um, there's this idea of humility and approaching a situation with, with listening skills and dumbo ears and full, full, full curiosity. He also said, 
I can't teach anyone anything other than to think. Yeah. Unpack that for me. Yeah. Um, I try my best to give people information that makes them think. So my number one quote is, people don't like to be sold, but they love to buy. Mm. That makes you think, are you selling someone or are you trying to create an atmosphere in which they buy? Oh. Um, people will rain on your parade because they have no parade of their own. Oh, are people raining on you? Are people putting you down? Are they jealous of you? Are they envious of you? Customer satisfaction is worthless. Customer loyalty is priceless. So are your customers satisfied or loyal? I did an interview on CNN um, when the customer loyalty book came out and some woman was interviewing me. And she goes, what's the difference between satisfied and loyal? And I said, well, would you rather your husband be satisfied or loyal? <laughs> and literally, there was such a delay there. <laughs> now, I'll, I'll add I'll add one more thing to your famous quote. People don't want to be sold to, they want to buy. But people want to purchase in this day and age with a button. That's what I'm right. noticing. I went through the Carvana experience. And I went all the way to the end. I bought, I literally bought the car and I thought I paid for it via the plaid integration. And I thought that I had purchased it. And I, I actually shouldn't have bought this car. It was a terrible car for me. It was a plug-in hybrid that got like 30 miles or maybe 20 miles to the cell, which needs to be replaced in five years. It was going to cost $12,000 and it's, it's a German car. So the thing's going to fall apart. And it was a terrible idea, but I purchased it. I literally went to the end and it all happened within 20 minutes. And, um, I, and I probably would have taken ownership of it. It's not like you can just, you know, well, maybe there's a return policy. The point that I'm trying to make, though, is that it felt nice to not have to go to a dealership and to actually yeah. make the purchase. So what I'm noticing is even if you're a coach or a consultant or a SaaS company or a company that has a contract with, you know, six, seven, eight digits on it, there's still a button. There's a there's a digital sign button. There's a click. There's something that you have to do. And, and it sort of facilitates the process. Um, take me through that, this idea of the ultimate conversion in our future being clickable. The messaging has to be real. And you can now go online. Elon Musk changed that also. You can buy a $100,000 Tesla by hitting the buy now button. Yeah. And they'll either tell you where to go to get it or deliver it to your door. One of those two things. In Think a about year. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah. Um, a year. You, people are literally buying cars online yeah, for $100,000 that are not going to arrive for a year. We just did it. We just bought the X. <laughs> and can't, Now, what happens is they tell you it's a year, but three months from now, I'm going to get noticed that I can go get it. Yeah. <clears throat> no doubt about that. Yeah. They'll, 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 they'll match their production needs. Yeah. But he has basically changed, not disrupted. He has changed the way automobiles are going to be bought. Mm. The reason is twofold. Number one, it's easier for the customer. The number two, car salespeople have been pissing off customers for 100 years. They're the lowest reputation salespeople on the planet. Why would I go to a car dealership? Yeah. Beat up by a moron or at least a pushy sales guy. 
when I can just go to Tesla, that would disrupt the whole system because you can't buy a Chevy online yet. Yeah. Because of their dealership network. Unless it's used. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you this. When that button goes in, every car salespeople, salesperson better find another job. Yeah. Their job, that that's over. Yeah. When I watch yesterday, I was at the in the waiting room at the Tesla dealership <clears throat> and I was watching the videos. And they it, it was it felt so good to watch those videos. Yeah. You know, the, the, the experience, the lifetime, it wasn't about the purchase. It was about how it made me feel, you know, whether it was because it's eco friendly. Maybe it's yeah. not or because it's a lifestyle thing. It's tech. It's what I represent, you know. Um, talk to me about the emotional aspect of buying. The sale is made emotionally and then justified logically. Love this house. What's the mortgage? Love this car. What are the payments? And that's how the sale is made every time. Love the suit, love the dress, love the shoes, love the socks, whatever it is you love. Then you look at the price. Yeah. But you don't look at the price and then decide if you love it. And if you understand that, you understand how you have to perform and, and present as a salesperson. It's emotional first, logical second. And so when the guy comes in and says, let me tell you a little bit about our business. Like, dude, I don't give a shit about your business. I don't give a shit about you. Yeah. I don't care if you drop dead in my office. Yeah. I want to know what I want to know. You know, let me tell Mr. Jones, I know we don't know each other, but let me tell you the big three reasons people buy our stuff. Um, it's it's easy to use. It's much, it's cost conscious. I don't want to say you save money. I want to say you earn money by being more productive. And our service is unbelievable. Other, and, you know, am I going to tell the guy about our business? He doesn't care about my business. If you're on the operating table and you're having a heart transplant, are you going to say to the surgeon, uh, where do you go to school again? No, you don't care about that. I want to know how many people are successful. I want to know if he hiccups. I want to know, you know, I, I want to know all the, the details about the emotional part of this. Will I still be able to play the violin? You know, the old joke. No, I don't. Oh, you'll be able to, you'll be able to play. Well, I, I couldn't play before, so I'm glad I'll be able to play. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. I still have my violin from childhood. One day I'll learn how to play it, actually. <laughs> um, there's this there's this tell, right? So I'll, I'll set something up for you. Life is a, is a, is a chess board, okay? We're really playing yeah. a, a chess match here, right? We've all heard that before. Yeah. And one of the problems with this philosophy is that you're trying to win, right? In order to be on a chess board, one person has to win and one person has to lose most of the time. Well, and you have to kill the king. Right. So it's a bit morbid. It's death. Okay. Yeah. And there's this idea where, dare I call it an antiquated idea, because I just did, this idea where if I want to be successful in sales, then I need to crush it. I need to kill it. You know, there, think about all the, the language, the aggressive language that's used in the sales industry, right? I want to crush my goals. I want to kill like the prospect, like, Every sales meeting, there's always a guy that says, hey, we need to have a sniper approach here. <laughs> right. A sniper approach, so you're going to have a laser on, on, your, on the CEO's head, right? Yeah, that's no bueno. 
And, and, you know, I get it because it, it makes the metaphors work, you know, but at the same time, in the, in the culture, there's this, you know, very aggressive, aggressive idea. Now, that's bullet number one. Bullet number two is that what you've taught us in your books is that people want to do business with their friends. Right. Correct. And the third thing is that if I, as a buyer, if I, on the other end, feel like I'm being manipulated like I'm in a funnel and someone's trying to close me, um, I'm going to, it's going to repel me. I'm going to want to protect myself. You know, it's, it's the old sales thing. Here's an example. The old feel, felt, found sales thing. You know, where a person says, I used to feel like that until I felt this and now I found this. And you, if you hear someone say that in those direct words and you know about this, you're going to be like, to punch him. oh my God, he's using okay, that so sales tactic on me. Here's a real story. <laughs> I'm in Houston and I'm at the, I can't remember the name, but like the Oak Park Mall, it's right outside of Houston, snazzy part of the city. Yeah. And I'm in Neiman Marcus. And I wanted to buy a vest because I wore vests when I was doing seminars. And I go into the place and I said, hey, I'm, I'm looking for some overpriced clothing. So I'm starting out funny. Mm -hmm. And he goes, well, you come to the right place. You know, to, I said, well, I'm looking for a vest. I said, let me try a couple on. But do you mind if I try on some pants? I said, I'm not going to buy them. I just want to see what they look like if I look a little slicker because I had jeans on. Oh, no problem. And since you're from Charlotte, you were not wearing socks. Correct. But I try the pants on. I looked at the price. They were like $245 for a pair of pants. <laughs> so I go, I leave the dressing room and I go, did you know, I said, these pants are $245. Are you crazy? And he goes, I used to feel that way too. Until I felt these pants on, I go, wait a second, pal. Are you using feel felt bound on me? And he's like, the radio silence. <laughs> said, and he goes, well, yeah. I said, how long have you been using that? 20 years. I said, well, let me explain the new world to you. It pisses people off. Mm. And the guy immediately takes defense position. He goes, well, what would you say? I said, if it was my customer, I'd say, buddy, sometimes if you want to look like a million, you got to spend a few hundred. And the guy goes, that's not bad. <laughs> you got any others? <laughs> He's following me now all around the store, Ruben. <laughs> You 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 know what you got nineteen others <laughs> get on Amazon. The bottom line is, I don't do it like the others. Mm. Yeah. I add thought to it. I add humor to it. I add, you know, something that makes me different than the other person. You have to differentiate or you die. Let me go back to your original thing about being pushy. The two kinds of salespeople are aggressive and assertive aggressive is no bueno assertive is the way to go which means you have to you know project yourself you have to be buyable but you don't have to be pushy so i've defined it this way aggressive salespeople tell assertive salespeople ask aggressive salespeople go for the sale Assertive salespeople go for the customer. Mm. 
And that way it's so easily defined. Like I'm going to help this person buy this because I want to sell them again. Yeah. That's the whole deal. Am I going to make a relationship? Will it end up being a friendship? Will they do business with me again? Will they give me a referral? You know, it's, man, I, I just had this massive unlock idea that you just gave me from, from what you just said. And I have to share it right now because right. if I don't, I'm going to forget it. Right. <laughs> so you know how when someone sends you a contract via um, Echo Sign or a digital sign yeah. and you view the document, but you don't sign it, right? And then what happens is the system sends you an automated message that says, you viewed this document, but have not signed it. And it does, and I, have you seen that before? Many times. It, it happens like three times. And what I'm presenting to you is this idea of a person in sales using technology doesn't have to be aggressive anymore. Correct. They can leverage tech. They can leverage. They can be perceived as a valuable person rather than a salesperson. There's this church and state that happens when yeah. we leverage tech, whether it's automation, whether it's video, where we actually don't have to be for sure not aggressive and maybe even not so assertive, at least in a negative sense. So the idea that I have is when people send videos on Dub, we need to have some automation. Hey, I noticed that you went to the video page, but you haven't watched the video yet. Maybe. Maybe because, and I'm, I'm only going to throw this at you when something like that gives me a message. I'm like, dude, stay away from me. Okay. Why but you if you, if you don't see Why it as the person and, and rather the tech, how do you feel about it then? Um, I love your tech. Don't get me wrong. Your dub tech is amazing. You can't over tech. Yeah. If you buy anything on Instagram, anything, you, you're in their system. They know how to target you, whatever. If you go to the site and think, oh, I think I need this super glue, and you click on it and you don't buy it, they bug the shit out of you. Yeah. And they discount it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I try that first, which by the way, every time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, PSA if you want to get discounted prices on Amazon, add something to your cart. And forget about it and you'll get a ping and it'll say it's 10 percent off right exactly yeah and they'll give you some reason yeah um but uh, the bottom line for that all that kind of stuff is it's a new way of presenting yourself yes and new i'm saying maybe five years old yes and look at the phone when it was five years old Look at the car when it was five years old. Look at the computer when it was five years old. And that's going to tell you how primitive we are in this messaging thing. Yeah. Right. Primitive. Right. Well, I think that one of the one of the main, main, main differences is this idea of feeling comfortable being on video. Yeah. You know, 97% of people out there don't do it. Yeah. Because it, they're uncomfortable it, with it. It's my biggest problem and it's my biggest opportunity. So let me throw this at you, just give you one idea. If you're a sales guy out there and you're 
you have the opportunity to use dub in your in your presentation process. You just send the guy, you've just sent the guy your proposal, which he's only going to look at the price sheets. Be realistic about that. And you can say, Bob, hey Bob, this is Jeffrey. I'm coming to you on dub. Um, I send you the proposal, but I need to share with you, it's not quite self-explanatory. So I'm sending you this video to make sure that you understand the outcome of making a purchase with us, not just what's involved. Mm. Got it? Got it. The value with the realm of values and beliefs, the value is providing value. The, there's another value here, which is being perseverant. Anyone in sales being, is... Yeah, it's also being perceived as human. Yes. It's a huge value. That's, yes. you know, I'm yes. going to read you and I'm going to read your sincerity. Yes. I'm going to read your truthfulness. I'm going to read a lot of things when I see that video. Yes. So we've been taught to be value-oriented, to be human, yeah. and also to be perseverant. Now, how do we find you? I'm going to tell you, if I get a video from, from, from somebody saying, you know, I've spent a lot of time on this proposal, and I'd really appreciate it if you'd call me back. Bingo. He's out. That's what I'm talking about. He's totally out. He's totally out. He's it's the idea of the gold is in the follow-up, which I've heard a million times. We all have, okay, which has resulted in people smiling and dialing. I'm going to call him. I'm going to email him. I'm going to hunt. I'm going to hunt back to a back to a war term. We're going to hunt him down. So let me change the lexicon so they can change the outcome. Okay. Instead of saying follow up, why don't you say follow through? Follow up is like a sales chore that's assigned to you in your CRM that you don't use anyway. <laughs> follow through is something where you're going to win the customer make the delivery, perform the service, create a relationship, and earn a referral. That's follow through. And most salespeople make the sale and they immediately want to go someplace else. Like, dude, there's 10 sales there. Milk it. Yeah. They all know somebody. They all used to work someplace else. Yeah. And there's no reason why somebody wouldn't refer you. Unless... You send me a postcard when you're done selling me the home and say, um, thanks for buying this home. I'm really glad you bought it. Um, I run my business on referrals. So if you know anybody that might be buying a house, I'd really appreciate. Go away. Never call me again. Yeah. If you haven't earned that referral, who the hell are you? Yeah. As opposed to, hey, for all my customers, there's one thing that I do that's unbelievable, and I'm, I can't wait to give it to you. I throw your first housewarming party. I bring hot dogs. I bring hamburgers. I bring a barbecue grill. I bring ketchup and rolls and pickles. I bring everything except alcohol. I don't bring that, but I'll bring soda. Mm. I don't, it's too much responsibility for alcohol. So tell me when and tell me how many people you'd like and it's done. Now, who's going to come to that house for me? Friends. People who live in houses. 
you give me 20 people in a room, I'll show you two people that are going to move soon. Yeah. The problem, I, I think... Say I run my business on referrals. Yes. Like, yes. So here's the problem from my perspective. The culture is about closing, not opening. Yeah, big mistake. When we close, we don't open a relationship. You know, this idea of a salesperson is responsible for bringing in a client, closing them, getting the money, and then never talking to them again. Ooh. Talk about the biggest problem in sales. Some companies, that's how they operate. They have hunters and farmers. Yes. I don't want hunters and farmers. I want relationship builders. Yes. So I'm immediately going to step in and say, okay, what happens after the customer takes ownership is more important than making the sale. What's the real outcome of this going to be? And that's the real challenge for them. That's, I mean, you have to be there. You have to be able to take the outcome as the major part of the culture. And that's the outcome you, is the relationship. That's where you build the friendship. Yeah. That's where you, you know, that's where you meet the guy for coffee at Krispy Kremes and you find out what his favorite donut is and you deliver a box of them a week later. Yeah. And yours is the uh, original glaze. Yeah, I am original glaze. Yeah. Wait till you, um, we're going to do a revisit on this because I've just sent you a book that will blow you away. That it goes deep into you from me. And we'll talk about that and we'll make this an addendum to the program about find something personal, do something memorable. Find something personal, do something memorable. That's where creativity comes in. Now, how do we do that on video? You may set it up on video, like we're doing right now. I've just sent you something. Call me back when you get it. Thanks. Yes. Bye. Video plays a role in it. It's better than a phone call. It's better than a voicemail. It's better than a text. It's just plain better. And what, what do you think? Um, you know, when I evangelize this idea of using video for sales, I, I unpack it on three levels. Number one, it's more efficient. Number two, it's more effective. And number three, it's, it's more fun. Well, there's a fourth. It's more emotional. Yeah. There's more transparent emotion than in any kind of text format. Yeah. So why don't more people do it? Um, they don't have the experience. They fear, like anything else, rejection or they don't like it. They don't. Should I be funny? Should I be? You know, people are scared to get out of their comfort zone. Literally. Yeah. I'm going to send you. I'm going to send you my comfort zone video. Nice. It's classic. Nice. Um, um, you talk about people, salespeople in their comfort zone usually get their ass kicked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have this card on my desk here of one of your great friends, the great uh, Steve, Steve Rizzo. Here's his business card with this yep. phone number on it. Please text him right now. Okay. And one of the things that you teach us is how to study humor, which makes me feel so uncomfortable 
because studying humor sounds like an oxymoron. Yeah. <laughs> There's so it's, it's like studying to... sarcasm, you know. Yeah. Well, see, you're from LA, you were not born with sarcasm. We were. Um people from Yeah, I worked very hard on this sarcasm. I understand that, but we're this is it's innate. You know, you look at any place that's that's Jersey based or New York based, sarcasm is at the core. Yeah. Whether it's the Godfather or the the Sopranos or the Atlantic City down the shore, all that shit is sarcasm. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. So we were raised with it. Plus, our sports teams suck, and that breeds even more sarcasm from the radio announcers, from the sportscasters, even from the athletes themselves. Humor and sarcasm is healing. It helps yeah. us to get over the problems. You have to be careful, but yes, you're right. Yeah. Um, so when we when we when we think about this idea of studying humor in order to make connections with people. We have to figure out a way to keep it really authentic because if it's yes. going to sound um, contrived, it's it's going to have the opposite effect. I learned how to be interesting from my father. Sitting in cabs when we traveled, he'd always start start conversations, airplanes and buses. He'd always start conversations with people, and he'd make people smile. And my mom would be going like this, saying "Shut up, stop embarrassing us," but he'd just keep going, and it was interesting. And I and I and that's where I learned. My goal is to make 10 people smile every day and perform one random act of kindness. That's the goal. And I literally count the first four or five because mm. I can usually do it by nine. Yeah. Wherever I go, whoever I bump into, I can make them smile. I can make them laugh. Yeah. But I, let's take it just a little bit deeper. You're trying to be funnier. You, there's books on humor. The best one is by the guy who originally had The Tonight Show, Steve Allen. Mm. And his book is entitled, How to Be Funny. Just buy it and read it. Nice. It'll make you funnier. Right. And then hang around funny people. Yeah. I hang around, Rizzo and I talk every day on the phone. Because he's funny. Yeah, he is funny. And we, our, our bond, our, our shared value, is the Three Stooges, Rodney Dangerfield, and other people, you know, I mean, we, do, we have tremendous bond and humor. And we bust each other's balls. Yeah. You know, you're allowed to, New York, I'm Philly. Yeah. And so th these are things that build that friendship so deep, so deep. And eventually it just can't, you know, nothing can harm it. Nothing. You know what's you know what's easier than than being humorous is smiling. Mm -hmm. And you know this idea of smiling in videos, starting your video out with a smile, but a real smile, not a fake smile that's going to make you uncomfortable and have your cheeks hurt. A real smile because you're happy and you're excited. I wish more people smiled when they when they when they did their videos. Um. Chapter 12.5 of the Little Red Book of Selling is resign your position as general manager of the universe. The universe. But in your, in your clan, in your tribe, you can be funnier and relax people a little bit when they smile. Yeah. That's the only way that you have to create the smiles and then it becomes contagious. Yeah. Someone will pass it on. Right.
it's sharing it's sharing light it's sharing connection it's sharing humanity yeah. um how could how could people not want to have that in their life it's actually very healing it's very healing to make those connections you get too caught up in other people's drama yeah who got beat up in a parking lot what burnt down just get out of that life yeah you don't need that life right Stick to your own life so it's noon Pacific now. I want to be respectable of your time. Yeah. How much time do I have with you left? Uh, minus one minute. Gittimer.com is where people should go to learn more about you. Mm -hmm. I encourage also people to go to dub.com forward slash Gittimer, G-I-T-O-M-E-R. Check out Gittimer's books on Amazon. There's 19 of them. I have a couple here on my desk. I think I have all of them at my house. And connect with Jeffrey on socials, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Jeffrey, you're I'm, everywhere. I'm approachable. I'm approachable. You're everywhere. Yeah. I really appreciate the time, Jeffrey. My pleasure, Ruben. Anytime, Ruben. Thank you so much. Be well, my friend. You as well. Cheers. Take care.